Hey everybody, how are you? How are you? Thanks for tuning in to the Brutally Honest Podcast with your host, myself, Harrison Barron. Before I get started, I just wanted to say, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, I really appreciate it. Um, so, a bunch of crazy things have been happening, been super, super busy cranking out podcasts. Um, in that time, the website has gone up, brutallyhonestpodcast.com. You can find all the good stuff there, shows, um, probably going to start doing a little bit, maybe a little blog on there, I don't really know yet, uh, but toss around that idea. Also, on that website, you can find the giveaway for the Draft Top, for anyone that hasn't heard this yet, and this is their first time. It is the ultimate beer can drinking tool. It slices off the top of beer cans, it allows you to drink beer from the can without having your nose pressed into the aluminum and you really get all the aroma and it uh it allows for a full effect of drinking out of a glass but out of a can so anywhere that you can bring cans you can bring this it's a cool little device and it's always a pretty cool talking point as well with that being said you can go to the website under extras there's a link there to enter for your chance to win the draft top. It's a really cool device. You're actually supporting a fellow podcaster that I've had on my show, um, Sean and Armand, who founded it. The and the last thing I have to say is the sponsor. Uh, thank you so much to the Nerds of Care. They're constantly working on the most cutting edge technology, and and people I've listened to this before um, are like, "Well, what does that mean?" Or they're like, "Oh, you know, I've heard that before." Well. Put it this way, some of the biggest concerns that these global leaders are having that I'm hearing about now is not so much a nuclear war, because most of that can be stopped or prevented at some point, but a cyber attack where they shut down Long Island, for example, and put it back in the Stone Age, and you can't have gas or, or electricity or any of that that's controlled via that. Put all the bridges up. It could cause a, it could cause a real problem. So... They're constantly learning about the latest and greatest, what people are working on, hackers and whatnot. So definitely appreciate them for sponsoring the podcast. Um, they deal with everything from small business solutions, as far as help desk support, all the way up to data backups and encryption. So if there is some kind of an attack, uh, maybe not to that caliber, you're protected. You're good to go. Something happens to your business, you're up and running in a matter of a couple hours um, once you realize that there's an attack or, or there's an alert that's passed on. So, and my guest tonight was my buddy, Eric McCormick. Appreciate him being on. I had an absolute blast with him, and I hope you guys are going to appreciate it, too. Five trials. This is uh, take number seven. <laughs> lucky, lucky number seven. <laughs> we may have gotten a little carried away last time. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. I, I like the idea of making it a best of episode. You know? Oh yes. I also, yeah. I also like the idea of uh, of maybe just chopping, chopping it up because chopping it up. Like I said, there's some good bits in there. Fucking yeah. There's um, there's some good bits in there. The either that or I'm going to make it like paid content only. And if you want to support me on Patreon. Boom, you can get it. That'll be the raw and uncut one. So people could like hear how fucking 
Let me hear it first. I don't wild, know. Yeah. I don't know how wild I got. I drank a lot in a short amount of time. We yeah. did drink. We this. did. I've, I've yeah. started up. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. It yeah. wasn't all you. No. Don't take credit no. for, <laughs> for a great time. All but right? I, I listen to you, to the majority of your podcasts now. I'm 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 pretty caught up, man. I, I you know I have a lot of free time to See, listen to. Now podcasts. the real question is, how many people did you tell about it? How many people did I tell about it? You got to tell people. That's what I have to do. That is your goal. Pound that subscribe button, folks. I'd appreciate it. Insert the dirtiest of dirty jokes here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amen. Um, no, so, but I did. I, I listened to the newest one, the one that you just put out. I thought it was. Oh, with Heather? Yes. I really enjoyed it. Oh, Honestly, good. listened to the whole she thing. She's an amazing person. I had her she on yesterday. Sounds like it. She was, uh, she was awesome. It's funny. It's. It's crazy because it's like, all right, we'll do the we'll do the show. Yeah, typically whatever, like the hour and a half. And in this case, we wound up like ending the show, and then we we talked for like another two hours. Oh man, that's rough. And which wasn't bad. Yeah, I, you I was probably had wrong. some gold. You probably had some gold in that second conversation. Oh yeah, yeah. But what like that's that's always how it happens. It's all, like that's part of the like the longer we sit here, the more crazy shit that you can get into and there's been there's so many times where i could cut it off and i i wish i just hit the record button what like stop hit the record button take everything off and and act like it's not even right, there right and just save all that additional content that actually maybe that's what you I'll know do. that's maybe actually do. not that hard to do no it's not hard at all <laughs> it's not hard at all i just don't think yeah. about it because yeah. i'm like all right good the show's done you know how would you think and then we go right into like oh you know has it like and then whatever it's always funny to see people's reactions after the show like somebody, somebody who doesn't know what to expect is like, "Holy shit, this is so far off the spectrum of what I thought it was going to be." And then yeah. other people are like, "Oh, that was cool! Like that was a great time! I can't wait to do it again." And I'm like, "All right, cool." Yeah, it's just always funny to see what people's reactions are. Well, if you if you don't mind, I'd like to, to embellish on what you just said. I I came on to this podcast last time, which if you pay money, you'll get to hear. Uh, After you, Eric confirms that it's okay for the public to listen. Yeah, well, we'll have to go through it and make sure uh, nothing's too incriminating. Um, <laughs> Nothing. I don't want to incriminate myself. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, regardless, you know, there's there's a statute of limitations. Uh, but anyway, so I, I kind of came on here and thought that we were going to just horse around and be silly. And then I went and listened to what you were going for with a couple of your other podcasts. <laughs> like all this motivational stuff. And I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, God. That's uh, all good. You know, every show's every show's different. Um, I, you can learn a little something from from everybody, I guess. So that, that's the that, goal. La- that last one was. Well, I know that. We talked yeah, about yeah. that. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, you know, you. It's funny because halfway through the last one, you were like, "Wait a second, you were a theater kid, like you were yeah, on yeah, Broadway." Yeah. You're, I'm, you're, I'm still. I'm going to ask you all about it because these people have no idea. Well, let's get into and it. I, all right, let's so, talk about it. Last time I deflected it and made it two seconds, and then went right back to dick jokes. Yes. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. You did. Um, yeah. All right. So um, let's just take a quick break, and sure. you're going to just tell me everything about yourself, including your social security number, sure. bank account numbers, routing numbers, and all that good information. No problem. That's on the paid stuff, folks. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. This, that's good. You're pushing them to the... If if you want to support, there's going to be a Patreon page. <laughs> that is not... That is that is a bit of a selfless plug. But yeah. the that's... It's not to get people to go do it, but it's just to like... The people who really want to hear it, that's what it's for. Because I don't want... At least I know if you're going to pay for it, then you're pretty serious about listening to it. Whereas it, it shouldn't just be released to the entire public. Yes, sir. But anyway, so... You play music. Yes. You played music. That's for how years. we met. That's how that I That is how we met. Yes. We met actually at Five Points, my uh my bartending job right. where I, I indulge in alcoholic beverages with some of the greatest people ever. Amen. Other than this. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, right? Me too. <laughs> 
and uh, and Eric is actually a musician, yes. um, who's done quite a bit more than I actually ever knew. Yeah. So you played, you've released albums. Yeah. I'll, you got to read. You just got to regurgitate it all. Sure. So I'll, people know. I'll, I'll spit it all out because you probably will never hear that first one because uh, we're going to wait for a hundred subscribers, uh, paid subscribers, before we put it out <laughs> for you. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to talk a little bit about it. Um, I'm a musician uh, slash actor. Uh, I started playing the local scene. I met a guy that was uh, very talented uh, in one of the restaurants that I was at the time serving at, you know, waiting tables, uh, Danford's in Port Jefferson. Okay, nice place. Yep. Talented dude was playing, and I was like, wow, like, this guy is crushing it. He's making $20 tips, like, just on top of getting paid to just play around. And he was just a fun, talented dude. And I would constantly kind of, like, hover and be like, I want to do that, like, why am I running around? No, nothing against serving. I was actually, I actually had a really good time doing that. That was one of my favorite summers. Serving's a great job. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a good time. Blood, man. sweat, and tears. But yeah. it's a great job. It's a real good time, and they they run very efficiently over there, or they did when I was there. So it was everything was very uh, black and white about what was expected. So there was no guessing. Everything just ran, you know, very efficiently. So I started talking to this guy. I weaseled my way in. And I told him that I sing a little bit. And, you know, everybody kind of has the same reaction when you tell them you sing. They're, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And they kind of wave, oh, cool, cool, yeah, yeah. So um, one time it was pretty dead there, and he was just finishing up his last thing. And I was like, you know, can I sing a song with you? And the staff had heard me sing a couple times at some of the little get-togethers. And, uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So I sang a song. He's like, oh, you're not bad. And then uh, next time I was there, he's like, hey, sing a song. Sing that song we did. And I was like, okay. So we did it again. And then... Um, he needed somebody to cover a gig for him. It was real last minute. He's like, you think you could do about three hours of, of your own music? And I was like, uh, yes. I would have said yes to anything. Well, no matter what, Yeah, I would have yeah. said yes. I would have absolutely said yes. So I did. And I ended up playing uh, 21 Main, which doesn't exist anymore, in Sayville, which is a very nice steakhouse. Yeah, that no, was my... Stone. Yeah. Same owner. Just Oh, is it really? It is. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, so I ended up doing that, and it went well, and they started booking me there. And I got a, uh, I got the little bug for it. And from there, I met some people. I met Dan Donnelly, who is a uh, – we call him the Don in the, the Don. scene. Dan he the is, Don Donnelly. Yeah, he's awesome. Because he kind of gets everybody going. And He's uh, just a great person to be he's around, a fanta- and He brings a presence with him. He's the reason why I, uh, why I play Five Points. He told me to show up one night, and he'd let me play a couple songs. And uh, Donnie, who was a bartender at the time, yeah. uh, told me – to or or recommended me to Jimmy said that I did a good job so yeah Shit. so I got five That's points crazy. and then That's yeah amazing. yeah and I stopped I mean I've been doing this now for almost like nine years maybe mm-hmm. so just kind of um, I stopped having to chase after the gigs necessarily like yeah. it's, it's kind of nice to be able to pick and choose which ones pay you know which ones do you do I enjoy doing it yeah. used to be whichever ones would take me and now it's nice I can kind of work when I need to yeah absolutely. Yeah. And you get, I mean, there's good, there's decent money in being a, a musician. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you, you do kind of plateau at a certain point. Yeah. Um, especially in the restaurant scene. But, you know, a good restaurant gig, just for anybody listening, it's it's about a, a decent, it's between 225 and 250 for three hours. That's a, that's a pretty decent restaurant gig. There are places that I started off playing that I still play mm-hmm. out of respect for a lower amount, but we'll leave that. <laughs> we'll leave that on the floor. Um, but yeah, that's how you do your due diligence. Yeah, you pay, well, you pay I'm, I'm also and... a loyal guy, almost to a fault. Like uh, with that stuff, like 
you know, if you, if the restaurant treats me well, and when I go there, if the staff, you know, is welcoming and the clientele is nice, and it's mm-hmm. just it's it becomes, makes you feel good. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. You know, and and they usually get a better performance. Mm-hmm. You know, out of me when I'm just having fun and being loose. So that's why I play some of the places that I've been playing for years. But um, yeah, it's it, so if you play five times a week. You take two twenty five, two fifty, and it adds up pretty quick. Yeah. And then the whole point of the restaurant gigs is not to play necessarily restaurant gigs because you're still making a good amount of money. Yeah. But you do one cocktail hour, and you know, depending on where they're getting married, charge between three and five hundred dollars for an hour. Yeah. That's for an hour. For a, that's for a cocktail hour. Yes, sir. Holy shit! First that's question. Yeah, this is if if anybody wants to learn how this works a little bit, is first question. This is how I learned. I just learned by doing it the wrong way for a long time. Uh-huh. But you always ask them, oh, that's amazing. And you do it very casually. So if you're listening to this and you know me, I apologize if you've been through the system. But you've been, been through the system. Uh, okay. If, uh, I've, we, if I've used this on you, yeah. I apologize. Okay. Do you want to role play with me, Harrison? You think I will role play up? with you. Okay. So, Harrison, you're going to ask me if, if I would be willing to play your cocktail hour. Hey, uh, hey Eric. Yeah. Would you be willing to play uh, my cocktail hour? Sure. Where is it? Um, it's at... Um, I don't know, Bellport Country Club. Great. Okay. Now, what information you just gave me is that you're spending a little bit of money on it, but you're not going crazy. It's not at like Ohika Castle. Yeah. So automatically, I'm not going to charge you 500 bucks for it. Mm. It's also fairly close to where I live, so I'm not going to charge any additional money to travel because mm. you hear one hundred, you hear 500 for one hour, but it's more like 500 for three and a half hours, yeah, which is still awesome. Let's be and... real. That's still pretty awesome. Yeah. But... um. So I just I got that. I know you. It, it would be a different thing. You're nice and close, so I'm going to give you a special yeah, special absolutely. rate. It's like 300 bucks yeah. is what I would charge you. And if you price that out, the reason why I say 300 because most guys go, "Oh, 350." That's why I say 300. <laughs> that mm. it's it's pretty easy. I you know, and if the person goes, "Wow, that's a lot of money." I go, "You know what? Do yourself a favor and and shop shop around. Just check out prices, you know." Mm. It, it can't hurt. Yeah. And then, hey, you know what? If my name yeah. comes across, great. Yeah. If not, whatever. It's but, nice. Or I uh, I work through a DJ company called Tommy's Tunes. I've heard Tommy's Tunes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're amazing people. But they'll just call me up and, you know, they they bring in people. They're they're a, a real mill. Like, they're amazing. at just People just go there. Mm-hmm. They have huge, huge resources and people and, and talent. They I can't even tell you how many weddings they do even in a week. But... uh they show people my video, you know, of who I am, uh, what I do, what what my vibe is, that I'm kind of like the alternative. You know, I'm not going to sit in the corner and play James Taylor. I'm going to try my best to give you a fun time, kind of amp you up for your wedding, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, so with them, they get a, a different rate because they're probably charging the customer a certain amount, and then I make X amount, but I did nothing for it. I just have to show up and mm, play. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. Damn. Yeah, so that's that's the goal. Is those that's private not, parties that's not your full time job. That's just a side no. gig. And well, it it I live off it as if it is. I live off it. I live off the gigs. I, I like to live very frugally. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I it bought me a house. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It yeah. comes back to like, I've and I've talked about this with a lot of people. It's it's all about working hard. Mm-hmm. And and I'm probably gonna do a a, a separate. Uh, like a solo podcast on this, but probably, but I'm probably going to talk about like uh, when people say, "Oh, you know, you're lucky." Like luck is like when you survive cancer, not like when you are fortunate enough to have a sweet boss who hooks you up with a podcast studio. 
Right. Or something of that nature. Like, that's not luck. I worked fucking hard for this. Yeah. Um, luck is but, putting yourself out there like that. Yeah. Like you said, what is it when preparation and opportunity meet? Yeah. Yep. I love yeah. that. Yeah. What, true. Luck is luck is a mathematical mathematical equation when uh, opportunity and and um, fuck, I'm drawing a blank. Preparation. Uh, preparation. Yeah. Right, when you when you join those two together, then you have quote unquote luck because you were prepared for the opportunity that was presented. For example, stock market crashes and you don't have any money. You're not going to make any money. Yes. Stock market goes down. You have a ton of money. Well, you're prepared for the opportunity. You seize the opportunity. You invest in a great, great ton of companies. You ride the wave all the way up, and you make a fortune. That's not luck. You just you, you are not stupid, and yeah. you figured it out, and you set aside money to invest in assets. I have a good one with that. Um, one of the podcasts I listen to is this guy Dave Ramsey. I like him. As a oh fan. yes, financial dude. But he really Genius. breaks it down. Yeah, and I'm I'm a dimwit, so it's nice to be able to listen. <laughs> It's nice to be able to listen to a guy like that that breaks it down so simple. But if you have that emergency fund, you know, and if you just follow that, all of a sudden uh, an emergency is has to, is is like a real emergency. You know, if let's yeah. say your car craps out, you should be in a position where you can get that fixed and it doesn't stop everything. And yeah. Holy shit, what am I going to yep. do? Um, I love that. Yeah, I that's just how I live. It's super important. It's but super important. I live I, – I, I use his um, – his uh, mantra, I guess it would be, live like no one else so later you can live and give like no one else. I love mm. it. That's how I live. I I was approved for $100,000 more than what I bought my house for. Oh, shit. But I'm going to have this sucker paid off in, let's be realistic, probably like seven, eight years. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Pretty, yeah. That's super impressive. Yeah. That's that's the goal. That's And I, my friends make fun of me. My friend, uh, one of my musician friends, laughs so hard because – I don't turn down gigs. I'll play like three gigs a day if I have to. And I drive, you know, everything I have, I own. It's mine. I have yeah, zero yeah. debt. I buy things when I need to, you know, mm -hmm. but I I live pretty frugally, man. Like I don't really. Uh, but that's a good way to live. People don't great. understand. I'd, I'd rather have the money than show. I'd rather pull up here in my little CX-5, which I paid cash for, yeah. than show up here in a, in a Beamer, mm -hmm. you know, or a really nice Beamer, which, you know, not to be an ass, but I could afford that. Yep. Easily. I could I, buy it with cash if yeah. I wanted to. But that's – there's a bigger plan. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a bigger goal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's different. You want to be wealthy and comfortable. You know, I can do pretty much anything I want to do when I want to do it, and I just uh, – I don't because I'm, <laughs> I'm – Yeah, you don't need to. Trying to be responsible. Yeah, that's – I mean, I've, I've, I've been there too where I'm, I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, do I really need to buy that? Yeah. And I'm like – Probably not. Like, yeah, could I go out? Like, my TV's broken in my room. And I'm like, all right, if I get the TV, that means I'm going to sit in my couch and do nothing, and I'm not going to be productive. And I'm like, why would I buy a new TV? The new TV's nothing. But the amount of loss that I'll get on it, and on top of that, I buy a new TV, and I don't feel any better. I've come to the realization that a lot of times I buy something, and I don't feel better about buying it. Right. Unless it's, like, something extremely useful. For example, I bought a little little phone, phone mount for uh, my car today. And and it, where it came in Amazon today, I'm like, sure. All right, I'm stoked. I'm gonna set it all up, and if it works the way I want to, I'll be able to just drop my phone right on my dashboard, and it's and it, and it holds it. I'm like, that whatever fourteen dollars was worth way more than any than any TV could have been or anything like that. I don't sure. watch TV, and and I hate to. I don't even. I try not to watch even Netflix. 
That's it's really impressive. Uh, I, we talked about that last yeah. time. You're just bringing back the clouds just open like the Simpsons theme. <laughs> <laughs> like all of a sudden it's like a memory. And I was like, all right. We talked about this last time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which if you pay, if a hundred more people. Stop plugging it in. I don't want people uh, yeah. to think they have to pay. They, you well, don't just have if to you want to hear the chaos. Of, yeah. If of, you want to hear us go buck wild <laughs> and we probably indulge in too many alcoholic beverages. That's when you, that's uh, when you're seriously, seriously listening to the podcast. Yeah. Then please, um, but yes. So, um, so my point was with back to the the idea of treating this like a business. A mm-hmm. lot of people see a guy playing music in the corner, and they're like, "Ha ha!" You know, that guy does it maybe uh, I don't know a couple times a month, two or three times a month. He brings down a hundred people because they never see him play. All his work friends go yeah, see yeah. him. But if you turn this into a business, I, when I started, I had a hundred dollar guitar and I borrowed an amp from a buddy. Oh, shit. I broke a string. I was fucked because yeah. I didn't, I didn't even bring extra strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would, as I as I made money, like in any business, I invested it back into the business. Now mm-hmm. I have pretty much the top stuff you can use when you play, mm-hmm. and backups. Yeah, almost everything. And it pays for itself. Well, it does. Yeah. Instead of going and buying that Mercedes I was telling you about. Yeah. You know, I have a friend that needs to borrow. I I have a friend. That needed a capo, which which I don't know if you know what that is. It's a little metal thing that you no see, idea. like uh, it goes on the neck of the guitar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To like adjust and it the, it the key. An octave. It probably? would change the key, oh, okay. yeah, so that you can be a bad guitar player and play in different keys. Okay, it's it's so cheating. You can be a bad yeah, guitar yeah. player. <laughs> it's cheating. It's cheating. But anyway, so in my head, I'm like, yeah, sure, of course you could borrow it. Is what I said to the guy. But in my head, I'm just like, how did you not think that you might need a second one of these? Like, how are you what, not do they ready? break frequently or? No, but if they do, eventually the spring yeah. might just pop out. The thing is, there's, it, that stuff is, like, so cheap. Yeah. Some of it, or at it, least. I think maybe 15 to 20 bucks for the... for the Yeah. Yeah. So you're not you're not breaking the bank. It's not a make or break. Oh, my God. I don't... You don't need a whole second set of... No. Uh, ...of speakers to bring with you. You. I don't... I don't need it, but I have... I have what I need... If yeah. anything goes wrong at any point, yeah, I'll, I'll be ready to go. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and it comes down to just being prepared, especially if it's if it's your business, yeah, and and like you said, you've made it your business. Do you need to be prepared for those opportun for those? I, I shouldn't say it's an opportunity because it's not, but where you hit that pitfall. Okay, if you're playing one gig a day or one gig a, or two or three gigs a month, okay, so you have a week to go get it. Somebody like yourself who's playing gigs all the time. You need to have, even if you break it at the end, you still need to have another one. Sure. Because you might go back tomorrow. And who knows if you're going to have between, I know you have a full-time job, and mm. you do that for fun. You still need to have that with you because now, if you need it tomorrow, you're shit out of luck. Well, I, I could tell you that it, having extra equipment and thinking ahead to, to try and uh, make more money at this business. Um, like uh, just this past Saturday, I did a wedding. Um, I was able to charge the customer a significant amount more because I did their ceremony as well. Okay. But that required me to bring two separate sound systems. Mm. That required me to have, um, and I've learned all this the hard way. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, but I, but I, I, uh, I had to bring two sound systems. I bought a while back because I knew that this would come in handy because I've seen enough weddings where you know you can't hear anything. So I bought body mics, lapel mics. Mm. Right. Oh, that's cool. I've never yeah. Heard. So I, I have these mics. I use them only for weddings. I have one handheld, and I have four 
lapel mics. Mm-hmm. So basically, any wedding I'm pretty much able to cover. If if you want a, a mic on the side to give a speech to, mm-hmm. or if your officiant wants to wear it, that's usually what I offer. Charge them whatever. Mm-hmm. But in three weddings, those things are paid for, mm-hmm. and I still have them. Yeah, you know, yeah, but, yeah is, that's everything in business. So it should pay for itself, and yeah. then you make money on it afterwards. So I also figured out, you know, um, having done. I did a couple weddings where, you know, the bride walks down the aisle and it's your job to make sure the song is right for her. Because I actually, mm. I don't play live. I usually do pre-recorded stuff like okay. string quartet or yeah. there's these guys called the piano guys. Oh, there's so You know what I'm talking about? Them. All right, good, good. Yes, the piano dude, guys they, are fucking, they, I feel like a lot, I've shown them to a lot of people and they're like, dude, that's it. And I'm like, uh, do you understand yeah. the amount of skill? And yeah. on top of that, the logistics to right. get that shit Okay, a cello, that's not that hard. Right. But to move a fucking piano, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. And they put it, they put them on the beach. Like, yeah. they're using a team full of guys or crane or something mm-hmm. like They're playing. They're all over. They're all over. They're super talented. They crush it. So I use, I use that stuff. But I was doing these weddings. You know, I did a bunch where I, the person would just be like, I really like this song. And I was like, piano guys or um, oh, what are they called? Vitamin... Vitamin Quartet or something like that. Vitamin String Quartet. Check them out because they do pop songs, but like, uh, oh, maybe I have. Quartet. Maybe I have. You probably heard them at weddings. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm doing these things and I'm I'm learning. I sorry, go off on tangents, folks. Hold on tight. So I do. uh, I'm doing these things and and I'm this is going great. I'm making my money. I'm charging them for the microphone. I've got the speaker set up. Got the other one all sound check ready to go. And I'm doing them. The bride walks down. I fade it out when she gets there. As soon as they go, you may kiss the bride. Boom. I now pronounce you, you know, Joe Schmo and Jane Schmo. I kick up the music. Everything's great. I do this one wedding in Martha Clara Vineyard. And you fucked up the music. Nope. It's It was more. I wish I had fucked it up. It would have felt better. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm watching and I'm going, okay, here we go. So it's the it's called Canon and D. And you may not know it by the name, but if no. I went, I'm going to go, here's... Is Please. it like the normal wedding song it's that everybody Right. So that starts off real chill, and I've got about five minutes and 40 seconds. Okay, this is why you might want to think about using actual musicians, because they can do something called vamping, or a DJ, or somebody with a little bit more equipment. I've since corrected this, so remind me if I don't explain how. So I'm watching, and here comes the here comes the bride, and I'm looking, and the bride is about three football fields away. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. So so I'm just watching her, and she's taking her time. They're nodding, and the mother's giving her a hug. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm a, a fairly high-anxiety uh, type of guy in general. Uh, yeah. Super, super uh, anxious fella. So I'm watching, and, and I just keep looking down at the time, and it's just ticking down. And at about halfway, she, she's about halfway. And then with about a minute to go, she's she's about a minute to go, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god! Like if if I run out of music and she's not there, I'm gonna look like the biggest fool. So, thank God it looked like I was the best at this ever because it faded out right as she got up there, and they seamlessly went into went into this. You got so lucky. It was the best. That's luck. That was a lu- yeah yeah. That you want to say that was yeah, that was that neither is, preparation nor opportunity. That, that is straight that, luck. That's straight up luck. So, so from then on, I went home that night, and I what I'm fairly good at is uh, I like to record on on like a garage band and and uh, Pro Tools and stuff and fart around with that. 
And so I found places in the song where I could stretch it, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of like loop that section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now every single time anybody wants to walk down to a, a song, it's at least 10 minutes long. Mm. At least. So and I have that And nobody's going 10 minutes. That Martha Clara thing was, holy smokes, man. I never want to do that again. Ever. So, yeah. So that's how I fixed that one. Um, yeah. What else were we talking about? So, yeah, the, the, the wedding thing yeah. is good. So you were – so – I want to branch off because you yeah. were big into acting too. When you I were was, a kid. yeah. Well, up until twenty years old. So, t- so sure. I obviously know the story, but <laughs> I want them to know the story because I yeah. heard the story with like six beers. Yeah, and I told it with like six beers in five minutes, so it just progressively got more and more loud and obnoxious. So, yeah, okay. and uh, it's okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, your your words, not mine. I thought it was uh, composed and dignified. <laughs> <laughs> so. So you're go ahead. If I, if I I'll let you correctly. ask. Why don't yeah? Why don't you tell me and I'll correct you? That sounds like a dick. Why sorry. don't you tell me what you remember and then I'll tell you how? how... <laughs> well, well, I can tell you what I remember, but I'm not sure if I remember correctly. Yeah. So that is. <laughs> so you were sleeping on the table. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you got into it as a child, mm-hmm. and I believe your older sister, or one of your siblings. Damn man, yeah, you, yeah, your older sister, kind of like. Pushed you into it, and then yes. your mom brought you to your first audition or something like Very that. Very true. Well, okay, so so there's a couple steps in between. All I'm right, going to yeah. try and make this a little clearer, but I'm going to make this whole explanation. Okay, it's okay. I'm going to make as this as long as you want, dude. I want this to be. We have an hour, over an hour left. Nice. I just want this to not ramble. So if I start to go off, I need you to do something like very, very particular, like a real like sign that I've. Officially drifted off the. Okay, so anyway, so the story. Dude, just go, just man. That's it. what it's here for. Right. So here we go. So somebody I, who listens to this might actually, and I'm cutting you off, but somebody who listens to this might actually be interested in being being in acting. Sure. And they might go, "Hey, I don't know how to get into acting." And then you might end the story at a certain point, and they just be like, "Well, fuck Eric, yeah. man. He just ended like at the most important part. Well, so just go, man. Yeah. No. Uh, so so I was ten years old. And I was a little baseball player and all that fun stuff, you know, typical typical kid. I was on the travel team and all that crap. I wasn't very good, but my uncle was the coach, mm. so I got to be on the travel team. Guilty by association. Yeah, well, no, just like I never really got to play on the travel team, but he let me come to all the games and stuff and, like, put on the uniform and maybe play. <laughs> and feel good about myself. Maybe play an inning and strike out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I was, I was doing that, and uh, I always enjoyed watching – like uh, people perform, I always thought it was cool on any scale, you know. So, uh, so my sister started doing this local theater stuff, and I thought it was pretty cool. And she talked me into coming and audition for it. I was super nervous, and I auditioned for uh, Cinderella or something like that. I think it was Cinderella, but not the one you know, not the Disney one. It was the Rodgers and Hammerstein one, and I got cast in the chorus of that, which is for me, I was incredible. It was my first show. I was hanging out with all these interesting people and stuff like that and i met this one kid who had a a like local manager these people exist she might even still be alive be nice to know this for sure um (laughs) but she was pretty old back then but anyway confirm her being alive yeah yeah fact check that um anyway so i i met her and and she was willing to send me out on auditions so i went into the city auditioned for a couple commercials and stuff like that you know, I was nervous and super green, so it, it, they didn't go super great. Mm-hmm. But my first musical theater audition was for this off-Broadway show, and uh, I got it, which was nuts because I had done, like, 
one, maybe two local theater shows before then, uh, you know, while I was auditioning. So all of a sudden I'm in an off-Broadway show going back and forth. And from there um, I start, you know, really enjoying it. And, you know, my mom's taking me out of seventh grade early every day to go into the city to do my show. And it was oh, really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool, man. Um, so I got a really nice taste for that. Uh, and then from there I met – no, that's not true. So so from there I, I got other auditions. You know, a year or two went by. And then I got an audition for The Sound of Music, uh, the national tour of it with Marie Osmond, and, uh, which was really cool. And it was really legit. It was like a, a cattle call when I went there. Like those TV shows you see now, like America's Got Talent, all that, mm-hmm. where there's hundreds of people just standing around. Um, so, you know, when, when they're auditioning for kids shows like Annie and stuff, that all happens. So I don't know if your listeners can tell, but I used to look really cute and really German. I'm still really oh, German. German, right? Yeah, yeah, she's super German. So, um, <clears throat> so I went and auditioned for this show. And I had just done a local theater production of it. So I was what they call off book, which means I, I knew the show backwards and forwards. I didn't need the script or anything. So they mm. gave me the sides, which is I'm doing little air quotes. That's the audition material that the particular scene they want you to read from. Mm-hmm. So basically they give me this this little thing. I take the script and I think I'm being hilarious and I just chuck it. you know. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. They all have a good laugh because I was a little ham even when I was a kid. And uh, they really liked that, actually. So I went back, and they sized me up with all the Von Trapps, and I ended up getting cast in the show and doing that show for eight and a half months, going to 26 different cities uh, with Marie Osmond playing my <laughs> playing uh, Fraulein Maria, Maria Rayner in The Sound of Music, which okay. was pretty cool. Yeah. And there I met a girl named uh, Laura Bell Bundy who went on to be uh, L. Woods in the Broadway production of the original L. Woods in the Broadway production of uh, Legally Blonde. Okay. She was Glinda and Wicked. She's done a lot of really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. She's been on How I Met Your Mother. She had a, a bunch of really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but when she was a kid, uh, her her mother was a little bit more of a pushy stage mom. And she uh, got me an audition with like a much better agent. Like a much better agent. So I had to make a decision. Do I stay with this manager who got me started or do I go to this agent who has a lot more clout that can get me better auditions? I mean, I was auditioning for The Sopranos. Oh, I was auditioning for like... Big names. Dude, I, 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 I got... Between that kid that got it that ended up doing Nip Tuck and though he was the son on Nip Tuck uh-huh. and he was, it was the audition was for Meadow's boyfriend. Okay. We had to go in there. I got to meet... Uh, all the creative guy, David Chase or whatever his name is, the, the lead guy. I actually got mm-hmm. to go and audition for them. I went, I took the subway to uh, Silver Cup Studios, I think it's called. I, have, I don't know anything. Whatever. About. I was like 17 or 18, and it was sick. And I got to do that, and I got really far, but uh didn't work out. Anyway, so I got to do that. And then um, because of this agent, I was cast in a Broadway show. Uh, Who's the new agent or the old agent? The, the I decided to go with a better agent. Mm, ha- smart choice. I had to make a call. Smart Plus, choice. You know, when you have a local manager, you're paying them 15% on top of the 10% you're paying the agent. So you're mm. losing 25% right off the bat. Damn. Right. And they also have better access to better auditions. And you come with a little bit of clout, you know? Mm. So I did that. I got a, a Broadway show called 1776, which I was a senior in high school when that happened. That was pretty amazing. Mm. Uh, at the Gershwin Theater where Wicked is right now. Uh, got to do that. That was uh, that was the best experience Theatrically speaking, of my life, 
uh, because I was the youngest guy by about 10 years. And it was just a bunch of dudes. And they were all established actors. Like if I you may not know their names, but you would know them. You, one dude that was in it was uh, Brent Spiner. Does that name ring any bells? No. He I'm plays not. Data in Star Trek. You know, the yellow guy in Star What's Trek. What's his Connection? name? Brendan what? Brent Spiner. S-P-I-N-E-R. Comes right up. Yeah. He's Data from Star Trek. Uh, I don't watch Star Trek. I mean, I neither. Oh, yeah. But no, exactly of course, you know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, oh, I've never watched one episode, but I had no idea that, that that was who he was because he was so cool until my mom, who was a huge Star Trek nerd, must be a German thing, got uh, really excited. So anyway, the point of that is that the, the cast was amazing, and they made me like their little mascot because I mm-hmm. always like to have a good time. You know, they love to take me out. You hear those stories about like Drew Barrymore drinking at age thirteen. Mm-hmm. Well, I was their little, their little guy. They would like feed me booze. I'd go and smoke weed with the hairdressers and stay at their house. It was amazing, dude. Jesus, it was a fantastic what a experience. Life. And then I would go and be a high school kid during the day. It was amazing. They, they I used to. So I was pretty normal. A lot of my teachers didn't know that I did theater and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I would just disappear, you know? So I uh, I went and did this show, and it was amazing because my school had it all worked out with my schedule. And uh, what, what's really funny is that they they couldn't give me detention for cutting classes because I wanted to be a normal kid, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I was still a dumb little burnout idiot. Like so uh, – but I would do a show. I would be on Broadway at nighttime. But Tough little burnout. Yeah, Broadway, yeah. Broadway by night, in class by day. Yeah, so I would I would do this, um, and they could only give me ISS to uh, which is in school suspension to yeah. the layman because they couldn't give me detention because I would miss my show. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's totally true. And so anyway, so I did that show. Things went great. Um, did a bunch of auditions and voiceover work, uh, and then. When I was 20, I got to audition for Tom Sawyer, which was written by Don Schlitz, who, happy birthday, it's his birthday today. Uh, happy birthday to yeah. whoever you are. Don Schlitz, that's sacrilegious. He just got... Um, Don Schlitz? Yeah, S-C-H-L-I-T-Z. He just got voted into the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame this year with Alan Jackson and somebody else. Hmm. Anyway, he looks from he looks. You wouldn't know him, but I'll tell you what he he wrote. The Gambler for Kenny. You got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him. No, nothing. No. All right, he's got twenty six number one hits. He's kind of a big. I was gonna say he looks. He writes for the people. He he He's a songwriter. He's not the the head guy. You know, he just sits in the back and makes a fraction of what the guy made. (laughs) Whatever stuff. Yeah, he's kind of got my dream job. Somebody's gotta do it. He's kind of got my dream job in life. So I got to work with this guy and do this show. Kristen Bell was uh, Becky Thatcher in it. I told you that. That was mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was a really interesting show, and that that ended up being a huge bomb. So uh, I kind of got burnt out, and um, yeah. What else? You met Kristen Bell. I she was my dance partner. God damn, I'm yeah. so jealous. Yeah, and I, I will tell you that you fucked up. Oh, did I? Well, I mean, I haven't seen your wife, but like, <laughs> no, no, not even that. No, that's very funny too. Ah, oh, I should have. Yeah, you should. Uh, yeah, yeah. Damn right. My wife's a million times better than. No, <laughs> yeah. baby, if you're listening to this, I love you. Yeah, baby, baby, baby. <laughs> Keep the fire going. Um, no, no, she's uh, she. Kristen Bell knew what she wanted, 
like that girl was as driven as they come. Oh, really? Yeah. And so she was, uh, she was always trying to find the next person that could help her in her career. And I was just this silly actor. I was one of, I was just kind of always just like hanging back. And I mean, I, I, I had this opportunity that I, I took for granted because we did pre-production, which is they test the show in other cities before they bring it to Broadway. So oh, that's we, interesting. Yeah, I did not know that, that was yeah, a thing. They don't always do it, but a lot of shows just work. Mm-hmm. They'll do like an off-Broadway show. You know, they'll do it off-Broadway first and then move to Broadway. But they, um, for us, they did a pre-production thing in the Schubert mm-hmm. in New Haven, which mm-hmm. is cool because I have done The Sound of Music there when I was a kid. <laughs> that was one of the theaters. So anyway, so um, so every night we'd be in a hotel. We'd all be in a hotel together and hanging out, and the show would be changing and evolving. But instead of worrying about the show, I would be hanging out with this guy, Don Schlitz, who is a songwriter, which is my real passion. I mean, performing on any level is amazing, but performing your own material, yeah, for it's, me, it's there's amazing. nothing it's better. Even better. There's nothing better. Sadly, I don't get to do it as much as I'd like because I, I don't think it would go over as well, mm-hmm. you know, but... Uh, I was a songwriter for a long time. I still am a songwriter. Yeah. I don't think that really leaves. But I wrote for a band called uh, uh, Troop 47. I wrote a lot of the music and played in that band for a while. Yeah, that I was, remember you telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, we did some really cool you, stuff. And you, had two, and, you, and you sold two albums. Uh, well, I mean, we, we recorded two real albums. We recorded albums. two and you sold Well, we, were, we sold them. them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, right, we so did that's... really well. We did really well. We 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 had a chance. I, I believe you said you opened at Jones Beach. Too, yeah, right? uh, yeah that's... Uh, Rusted Root, <laughs> dude. That's, <laughs> that's cool. Pretty man. Insane. Yeah, that's we, amazing. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Not everybody gets to say uh, they did that. Uh, three Doors Down. Okay. Uh, you that, opened for them too. Yeah. Right. Right. This is a. Did I tell you the story last time? No. So where are these punk kids? And we own this place called the Village Pub mm-hmm. in um, Port Jeff, which I don't know what it's called now, but it was a legit music room for our stand. You know, by our standards. And they would get national acts, and they would always have us open because we would always pack the place because everybody that liked our music was either about to be 21 or just 21. Mm-hmm. We all came from different high schools, so we like instantly had like at least, I don't know, 30 people apiece that would come and check us out, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we had a good run. But Three Doors Down, right before that Kryptonite song hit huge, we uh, – what's going on? You're freaking me out. No, no, I just grabbed my laptop. Oh, it's right here. Is that what this is? Yeah, I was trying to find it, and I was like, "All right, we'll just go." Yeah, I unplugged it to be funny. That's terrible. That's not funny. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, why is my computer freaking out right now? Yeah, you got to cut all this stuff out. Let's go back. Let's go back. Just continue. Fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah. All right. Um, three doors down. Yep. Yeah. So we were playing this place. A lot of young kids and stuff. We used to fill out the place. They would always hire us. Um. And these guys, Kryptonite, just hit the radio, so mm-hmm. it was on its way up instead of on its way down. So mm-hmm. they had to fulfill all these obligations to these places that they were trying to tour at. Next month, they were at Jones, uh, not Jones Beach, at Madison Square Garden, opening up for Creed, which is God. funny in itself. Yeah, yeah. But, Everybody hates on Creed, but Creed wasn't bad. I saw yeah, them live, and I thought they I were fantastic. I saw them live too. That's how I know they opened up for them. Yeah, <laughs> I saw them at Jones Beach though, years we're ago. We're both pretty lame. Yeah, that's not really a. Uh, yeah, that's not a good thing. I, I'll tell you. I'm that. not that. I worked at Jones Beach. Did you, dude? That's got to be the best gig ever. Y- yes and no. Yes and no. Um, I've seen. This is totally transitioning away from you. Oh, but good. I don't. I'm done. <laughs> I don't want to talk anymore. No, I get. I get. No, I just don't like to talk about this shit. Let's just talk. 
Um, but I worked at Jones Beach for three years. Three years, I think. Holy and shit. Yes. You would commute out there? Yeah. Yeah. Commute wasn't bad. The How commute was you? my favorite part about it. Aren't you like 12? How I'm, old are you? I'm 25. So when did you work there? I didn't think you were actually 12. For the listener, he's not 12. Yeah. Uh, when the fuck did I work there? I must have worked there when I was like 19, 20, 21-ish. Somewhere in there. I think those are the years I worked. And that job was sick. Yeah. I, I met um, two of the Impractical Jokers. I didn't even realize. I just wanted to talk to them. And I was like, oh, shit, you guys are the Impractical Jokers. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like, dude, I love your shit. Like, this is so cool. Like, I can't believe I'm actually. Like, we're, we've been having a conversation. It didn't click. And then I was like. Because I don't, I don't watch TV. So I was like, oh, my God, you guys are the Impractical Jokers. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, that's so funny. And the craziest part is they were wearing, like, hoodies and trying not to be recognized. Right. And obviously, like, as an usher, you see everybody. But they had opened up for Imagine Dragons, and they had shot a show where they opened up for Imagine Dragons. And because they had two openers, and then they came on and tried to play in front of 15,000 people. That was one of their one of their pranks. I was like, That's this, amazing. Yeah, I was like, this is so fun. I'm like, who are these terrible people up yeah. there? Like, it's not even like, okay. And and then Imagine Dragons came on, and I wound up meeting them. I was like, oh, that's cool. And, like, I hate when people say, like, oh, I met them. I said hi to them. Like, I had a full-blown conversation yeah. with them, yeah. with two of them. And uh, they're like, oh, thank you so much. And I was like, oh, no problem. Like, this is, like, I still can't believe I met you. I met you. Uh, now it's all clicking. You guys just played. And I was yeah. like, that was the funniest joke ever, and we just wanted to shoot the shit. And then, but I've seen everybody, man. Yeah, that's great. I, I wanted, speaking of like people just saying they know people, check mm-hmm. the, this story is great. Um, so I go see my friend Joe, who was in 1776 with me uh, in this terrible, terrible show with uh, Adina Menzel called If Then. It was terrible. Joe, I'm sorry if you're listening. I don't know anything about uh, the it's, show. It did not last very long. She was just coming off of Frozen. So everybody, she kind of had like a little steam mm. behind her. Oh, the one who sings Frozen? Yeah, the, the the Let It Go song. Okay. So she was the star of the show. She's a Broadway girl first. And uh, actually, the guy who wrote all the music is Broadway. Anyway, it's coming to Broadway. <laughs> but anyway, so I go uh-huh. I go out with Joe afterwards to this little bar. It's kind of cool. I forget what it's called, but there's an upstairs area mm-hmm. where the theater guys go. It's You know, there's like the little things you learn in the city. Like you, So there's an upstairs area. There's a little velvet rope that they let you in. And Joe yeah. knows the guy, obviously, because he's, he's in the scene. So we go up there, and I'm meeting all these guys. Everybody, as their show ends, they go to this bar and hang out. Not everybody, but the fun ones mm-hmm. go to this bar and hang out. And um, there was a show called Bullets Over Broadway. Woody Allen did it, and uh, Zach, Zach Braff was in it. It happened to be his birthday. So I'm sitting there chilling, and Zach Braff walks in. And I mean, this bar, dude, if this bar is three of these rooms, mm-hmm. let's say four of these rooms cubed like that. That's yeah. how big this bar is. It's Not so bit, small. Yeah. So small. And he comes upstairs and, and he's hanging out. And I have this situation where I'm able to just be like, what's up, dude? And, he's, and he was, you know, no guard up, no not talking to fans. He's like, hey, what's up, man? Like just sitting, talking. Yeah. Just normal. Just, just, normal. just like a normal dude. Two, two guys. He has no idea. I was probably, for all he knows, I was in another show. Yeah. At that moment, we were total equals and we were just shooting the shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so anyway, we everybody sang happy birthday to the dude. And it was just one of those nights. But the dude that played Engine Joe in uh, Tom Sawyer is this guy named Kevin Durand. Pull up, pull him up. Not not the basketball player. I was gonna say, don't do it. Yeah, D U R A N D. Kevin Durand. You've seen him in a million things. 
But this dude and I were like super cool during Tom Sawyer. He never did another show because he got so much shit during that show. Yeah, I feel so bad for him. Another guy who that oh I know him. Yeah, he's he's everything. The guy's in everything, but he was he was only twenty seven I think when he did that show. But he's giant. He's like six ten or something. Great. What am I doing? He's like oh, he's in X Men Origins. He's in everything. Yeah, he's been in a lot he's, of movies. He's in everything, Shit. dude. So, um, but he's he's a good he's a guy that right now if I if I could like reach out to somebody just be like here check it out I know somebody famous you know like yeah. just like that's one of my guys. And I think, like, I think that we all, everybody knows, or at least I shouldn't say everybody, because there's always that 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 very small percentage of people that don't. But for the majority, I feel like, because a lot of these celebrities do all these appearances and stuff like that, I would say majority of people genuine, generally know or have met somebody famous, right? per se. But there's not a lot of people that have been blessed with the ability to. And I don't understand the whole cloud of this oh my god they're famous i'm like okay great they're successful that's amazing if they're inspiring tony robbins i, I went to and we spoke that about would that. blow my mind yeah like he's he's moving as could be but like i still know he's a he's just a normal person he just happens to have an exceptional set of skill set but like all these people they're like oh my god i wouldn't i don't know what i would do if i met like drake i'd be like <laughs> Um, I don't that's know. Quite a fucking drop off, dude. Yeah, that's, like that's, that's like total other end of the spectrum. But I'm like, he's just a normal guy. He's he's doing the same thing we all are. He's trying to. He's probably trying to get into a relationship, or he's or he's dating women, or whatever he's doing. But it's all the same mentality. It's not like he lives on this whole. Yes, does he pr- probably eat at the nicest restaurants that money has to buy? Yeah. Yes. Is he over? Is he a bodyguards everywhere? Yes. But he's still like if you got him in a room like this, yeah. he's still a normal dude. Like right. he'd sit down just like you, and he would talk about it. It's not he's not putting on this show to to personify somebody who is not. I would tell you, some people have that it factor. Oh, that, absolutely! That make you feel like Tony Robbins. If I if I had a chance to meet Tony Robbins, I would purposely just play it cool and just shake his hand and thank him for everything. If I had an opportunity to sit down like you're doing right now with mm-hmm. me and pick his brain, I, I mean that would change my life. That would change to be able to ask him the questions I want to ask him. That would change everything. Oh, absolutely! Um, I mean, the dude's a legend, and he's he's earned every accolade he's got. Yes, the guy is is is. There's no holes in his story. He's not like this Joel Osteen who's, you know, pretending to be all Christian. You heard about this today. And oh. he's not letting me, it's like, dude, you are I was gross. Stay away from you this. are a gross human being. But, oh, my God. <laughs> you are God. a gross so, all right. human being. I feel like I should fill everybody in because I thought this – even I thought this was fucked up. And I'm yeah. usually – I'm much more forgiving when I see somebody do something or something like that. And I'm like, you know what? They probably had a reason for it. But – so for anyone who doesn't know who Joel Osteen is, he is, is that, this – Yeah, my bad. He's a – Forget the L. Is he a priest, a minister? No, Whatever. he's an evangelist, isn't he? He's a television evangelist. He's one of those guys that goes on TV every Sunday. You've seen him even if yeah. you don't know him. Yeah, he's, know you probably clicked through his channel, and he has a mega church. It's fucking 16,000, 17,000 seats. It's huge. And for anyone who doesn't know, God bless all of the people 
that are in Texas, and my heart goes out to and have a deep, deep appreciation, obviously, for the fire department, for which I am a member of the Volunteer Society, and the police, the military, everybody that's in that field. But right now, they're they're working 24-hour days nonstop over Hurricane Harvey. And Joel Olstein, and I, you know what? Whatever. He lives in a humongous mansion. If you've not seen his mansion, it could swallow 99% of the houses on the, out there. I mean, the thing is huge. Yeah. He's, not, he's not hurting from Yeah. Me. And he has this ginormous church, which was considered a safe haven for these people. And he didn't even have to go. He just needed people to open the place up so these people could have shelter during the biggest hurricane they've ever had. I, I just got a notification a couple hours ago. I think it was 52 inches of rain. Now, if you don't know what 52 inches like looks like, most people are five foot nine. That's 59 inches, right, if I'm doing that right. Let's just say you are. Yeah, let's, say uh, let's just say I am. It's about the size of your normal person. Yeah, wow. Which is which is huge, which is absolutely enormous. So this dude has this gigantic church and doesn't unlock it for all these people who he hosts church for every Sunday. He doesn't even need to be there or speak to these people and, and have a ceremony. He just needs to be there. I watched a heartbreaking, heartbreaking video that somebody shared, and this kid didn't leave and his dad he didn't know if his dad left and they got separated and he didn't know if his dad was alive it. you saw I that? saw it exactly holy yeah. shit i was gonna start crying yeah man and he's and thank god and and they caught it on film the dad yeah the, that him talking to his dad where they're gonna meet that yeah was, that and was thank rough. god the news people were there and usually i'm pretty pretty against the news not because it's fake news but just because there's so much <laughs> because fucking... you're so pro-trump no not even that it's just such <laughs> it's so full of bullshit all I want is the details. That's it. I don't need the full the the story and this and I don't give a shit about this. Like, give me the details of the hurricane and I'll figure it out. But they were kind enough to give this gentleman a satellite phone and he was able to call his father, who I guess had gotten far enough away that he had cell phone service because he, he hasn't had cell phone service in days now, and he didn't know if his dad was alive. And he's breaking down, crying because he's finally hearing his dad's voice to confirm he's alive. And that was so heartbreaking, or so moving, and to know that Joel Olstein has this mega theater that could, or mega church that could hold seventeen thousand, probably more people, just as a it's holding area. It's up there, yeah. just to keep them out of just, the rain. Yeah, yeah. okay. So everybody's the... got to squeeze. Yeah. Just put these fucking people in yeah. there. There, it's ter- horrible out there. And and on top of that, there was not a single ounce of water near it. It was raised enough that it wasn't going to flood. There was plenty of parking. People could have even hung out in the parking garages. They're so big, and he didn't open it. And I thought that was majorly fucked up. Yeah, I apologize for bringing that up. No, I just thought, it was, uh, and I didn't, I didn't know because obviously they've been a little less able to communicate. And but just somebody of that stature, I would feel like he would probably. I don't want to say he would probably do the right thing. He probably would do the right thing, but like. Dude, you realize you own this huge mega mega church, and you don't open it up to seventeen thousand people. Granted, seventeen thousand people is probably a fraction of how many people were affected. But even if you doubled up, okay, thirty-two thousand people. Are you probably breaking all fire codes and stuff like that? Yeah, but it's better than them dying in the street. That that takes a backseat to yeah. the situation. It, it, at least it's shelter. It's, at yeah. least it's somewhere where these people would stay dry, and they don't have to worry about dying or losing. Yeah, they're going to lose their house, but at least they're they're in the comfort of other people. That's just stuff. 
you know, when you hear that stuff. Yep. That's just stuff. It's uh The kid on that the kid on that video literally yeah. lost everything. He's like, I don't have anything. That's most I don't even have stories. a house anymore. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my god, this is insanity that this kid has nothing. Let's talk about something fluffy. I am fluffy. Let's get fluffy. I am fluffy. <laughs> that was not a segue. <sighs> I want to talk about you. You uh, you always in these podcasts mention meditation. One of my yes. favorite. One of my favorite things. I'm going to bust. Didn't get shops. to meditate this morning. Not happy. Yeah, about you it. you were talking. You talked to that the one fella, and you said you meditated for 30 seconds, and it was like life changing. Me, yeah, that was a while. Now you're up to like seven minutes. Can you? Talk, I try to do it like every day. Can you talk me through and all your listeners what you mean? So because I literally, when I hear meditation, I just figure I shut my eyes and space out. Which I can it's, do right now. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like that. So I use an app called Headspace, and yeah. I try to pick the shorter ones just because I don't have that much time. I try to do it in the morning typically, but I will do it during lunch when I can and stuff like that. But meditation is pretty simple. So uh, I don't want to walk you through one because I don't know it like that. But the general pre- – I, I, I do want you to, if you could, walk me through your – Meditation. Well, you, well, I'll give you the general idea of what it is. I, I'm i going to mess it up because do. I don't know it that well. But I you like to, it. I listen to it. Yeah. I have somebody else do it for me. But the general so, idea is like, go ahead. take like a big, big inhale, exhale through your nose, and as you're exhaling, close your eyes. And I'm sure somebody's going to follow along, so I hope I don't fuck this up for them. Yeah, sure. Let's go. I'll do it. I'll All do it right, right so, now. So take a big in- inhale, and I'll do it with you. And then exhale through your nose. So another big inhale. And then you you kind of want to bring it all like all back. And keep breathing and feel start ignoring everything around you. The walls. I've been doing that car. this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> People are listening to this. Yeah, all right, go ahead. And um and really like feel your place and where you are. Feel like the weight of yourself on your chair and your feet on the floor. And as you're inhaling, feel how like the breath, how how your body breathes and kind of goes and and takes in the air and and lets the air out, and let then let your mind wander, and then every so often bring it back to 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 remembering what it's like to be in the chair and try to block out those things that are around you, whether it's a noise, cars driving by, anything like that. Mm-hmm. And as your mind wanders, you kind of want to bring it back again. And you do this for seven minutes or so? I try to do it for at least five. Now you you just sit in just, a relaxed, comfy position. Yeah. You, don't, you, don't you can do it your, laying down. I've done it laying down. That sounds good. Especially when you're having trouble sleeping. Yeah. Out. Nice. And uh and then like when you're when you're done, you just and you really just focus on you focus on letting your mind wander and then saying, Whoa, let's come back. Like let's come like let's release that thought, let's come back to where we are. Okay. And let's focus on that breathing and where and how the how your body feels and how the blood is running through your vein. Like it's really it's a very, it's a very weird sensation if you don't do it. But when you do it like I've done it for a couple minutes and I feel like after those couple minutes and it's only and I'm talking five minutes or sometimes yeah. even less. And I get out of it and I'm like, let's go. Like mm-hmm. I feel great. Like I'm fired up like Something happened in my body where I'm like, all right, I have energy now. All of a sudden, I didn't have energy before this. I did this, and now I have energy, and I didn't sleep. And it's huge. Even if it's just a placebo, even if it just – I mean, obviously, it's not. Yeah. It works for a lot of people that I really, really, really respect. 
whatever works, man. If the end result is you feel good and ready yeah. to go and face the day, and I'm pretty certain if I if I recall, and, I, and that's why I say I'm pretty certain because I can't remember 100. percent But they say it's like exercising your brain mm-hmm. because you're you're being conscious about releasing that thought and and bringing it back to yourself and and having self self actualization. And as you begin to push all those things out of your your mental area, you're now getting sharper and sharper and sharper and your brain's like oh you know now it it helps you focus and not just focus in meditation but it's proven to or i'm pretty certain it's proven to consistently keep you more focused because it allows your brain to say oh you know what that's a distraction i don't need that or this is a distraction i don't need that i hear that it's a great sensation man did you ever actually uh get to do the deprivation tank i know you're not yet oh i want to so bad yeah yeah the idea of that doesn't scare me or or anything like that that is my thing we did a did i tell you about this last time at all probably not mm, i don't think so we we were my wife and i on our honeymoon um by the way she's much more attractive than Kristen bell but <laughs> that's a bad joke folks. Hashtag need to hold on tight that. yeah <laughs> hold on tight my marriage is at risk yeah yeah luckily she's deaf no uh <laughs> <laughs> no that's terrible um Anyway, just when I ask her to help me. Uh, no, so anyway, so back to what I'm saying is that uh, we, we went to Croatia, mm-hmm. uh, a number of stops, which is an amazing place, by the way, and doesn't really get the... I've uh, heard Croatia is absolutely gorgeous. It's insane. So we went caving in Croatia. They found this cave in 1985, so it's not even that old. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was amazing. But at one point, we were like really deep in the cave, and the... The guide was just like, okay, everybody, shut off your lights. We all have the headlamps, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, shut off your lights and just take it all in. It's complete darkness and complete silence in this cave. And everyone, including my wife, started to panic. And I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Do you realize how um, unbelievably relaxing this is? And like, yeah, it's pure, it's insane. Quiet. Other than you can hear, you probably the only thing you can hear is probably people breathing. Oh, I heard people being like, yeah. Just enjoy it. Yeah, would you shut the hell up, would you? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was uh it was awesome, man. It was really good. Anyway, so just about like that type of stuff. I'm I'm fairly good at that stuff and mm-hmm. I have zero problem falling asleep, but I do have issues with anxiety before I do something that I'm uncomfortable with. Like with- I've gotten o I've gotten over that to a good, good point now. Yeah. As long as I know I'm not being tested. Once but I know it's are. a test Yes and no. Give me an example of, of what you think I'm talking about. So, like, if I'm going into, uh, like, a college test or, sure. like, a, a physical a physical test mm-hmm. or something of that nature, that's when I freak out. because and, I'm, and I don't handle that whole freaking out thing very well unless I'm competing, which is a totally different thing. Like, if I'm – whether it's wrestling or now it's, now it's a competition of lifting weights. But it, when it's that surprise of, yeah. like, oh, this is a test or this – like – this can make or break a, a a lifestyle of career choices, and but as far as like oh you know if I have to do this or it's like hey you know show up for this or like hey we need you to do like I did an interview the other day which was very weird because I don't I've, I I don't like being interviewed. Yeah. This is the, my first interview ever and I did not like it um, for a job. Or? No, it was actually for um uh the fundraising that uh, fundraiser that I sponsored the other day and they they interviewed me but it was a very it was like a traditional interview. Like, you know, they asked me about the podcast. Like, oh, what'd you get? Like, what got you involved in the podcast? Like, and they, it was like question after question after question. And I was just like, I, I don't like this. I don't, I don't enjoy this at all. 
And after the show, she's like, oh, how was it? And I go, this was terrible. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, what are you talking about? And the lady was so nice, and she was so understanding. I go, this is not, like, what I do. This is not, like, what I like. Like, I don't like being interrogated. Like, this isn't even, like, a business networking meeting where, oh, you're like, what do you do? Oh, okay, I do this. It was, like, an interrogation of, like, the podcast. And I was, I'm like, I don't, this is not how I do it. And she's like, what do you mean? And I go, because she's like, oh, you, you're a podcaster, so you do interviews. I'm like, it's not an interview. Like, some of them kind of turn into interviews right. because I might not know the person so well, or I'm very interested in, like, what they're doing and stuff like that, or, or I don't have the ability to to really dive deep into into what they've done. But I'm like, I don't do interviews. I do a long-form talk where we sit down for an hour and a half, and the only reason why it's an hour and a half is because I don't want to take some three hours of somebody's day. And anybody who's willing to listen for an hour and a half, I appreciate the shit out Amen. of you guys. Amen. But I go, like, what is an interview? Five, ten minutes, fifty, maybe even a long one's twenty, maybe thirty minutes. Yeah. Thirty minutes. We're just getting fucking warmed up. Yeah. Thirty minutes is is the icebreaker, it's, and then and then we have an hour of diving deep. It's funny though that you see it as her like grilling you, and it's that, well, that's probably, what I felt like. I know, but that's it's amazing that that. It's funny, right? Like that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. So, like I don't want people because pe- people. Are she like, wasn't oh. grilling you. Like like there are people that grill you and make you feel. Well, it was horrible. just like it was question, 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 question. Like, and I'm like, and meanwhile, she just probably wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but like you, like her questions weren't asked in a way of like, like give me a long form answer. Right. Like, the, like I could feel like, all right, this is a very sharp, which is fine, a sharp, refined. It's a final. She's she has said this question hundreds of times, ah. and I knew that she and and it's and it's very clear of what she's looking to get. She's looking right. to get a thirty second, a minute answer, maybe a two minute answer, and that's it. And then on to the next one, where I can start with one question, and we could end up in fucking Pluto. That's my favorite. You, you and that's right what I love. That. My attention span yeah. can only. <laughs> you, that's what I love because yeah. I'm like, it's not question after question. There are going to be questions throughout it, but it's not like I've refined these questions. These are the questions I want. These are the questions that are going to get me the brief, the surface of the answers the sound that I bite. want. The soundbite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and she's like, oh, you probably do this. I'm like, not even close. Like it's so far from that. And I and I and. I, I don't want anyone to ever think that because that's not what it is. If right. I want to do interviews, I'd never have the same person on again. Right. I want to have these conversations with people where I can we dive deep and have all these different conversations about all these different things. Where that you do an interview, you know, you might check on them in a couple months or a couple of years or a year or so, but you're just checking to see like what progression they've made. Where I've had people on now multiple times and they're covering. Something so far off the beaten path of what we originally talked about from episode from the first time we had him on compared yeah. to now. Yeah, <laughs> was a yeah, I, I know, I know how that works. Yeah, <laughs> we're, but, we're, yeah, I just I, I couldn't do it. I'm like, I like people's. I, I love what you're saying. I my my whole thing when I listen to a podcast is I like hearing people put down that guard mm-hmm. where they have their uh, rote, you know, yep. uh, answers to things. You know what I mean? Like they just. They just answer you like a machine. Yep. And when you penetrate that, that it's almost a and you a, an can't exterior. in twenty minutes. It's tough. It's not impossible for but you it's to tough. get all your material. Yeah. You can't do it in twenty minutes. Yeah. And when you try and win somebody over so that they get comfy, you just come off desperate. Yes. <laughs> you know that's not a reflect. I'm not 
about you just what I hear in podcasts. Yeah, yeah absolutely, you know? absolutely. Uh, I don't really listen to to the ones that that flounder though. I like I like the ones where they really just are able to hop in and penetrate. And I think it's it's your demeanor is is very good for this because you get people to open up to you. I, um, I have yeah, man. I have um, panic attacks though. Like not not I don't not like debilitating, you know, or or not anything that holds me down. But I have uh, anytime I need to do anything, <laughs> like that, mm-hmm. like except for you know playing a gig and stuff like that. But it that wedding on Saturday, even though I've done it hundreds of times, mm-hmm. I need things to go right. And if you ask my wife, she doesn't even want to be around me when I'm prepping for it, making mm-hmm. sure I have everything. My car is loaded up to be able to do five weddings that day at at the same time if I had to, because I can't yeah, have things go wrong. Yeah, and if something does go wrong, you need to be prepared to fix it. Right, and I need to be. I need to have a backup set in my mind for if something goes wrong on the fly. You mm-hmm. know, I can't just have one computer set anytime my iPod uh, punched into and ready to go with the same tracks just in case. So that's I, – I get these anxiety attacks. It's actually quite mm-hmm. crippling. The only good thing about it is that usually it turns into this energy that I can use when I'm performing. So it works yeah. out well. Not so much, you know, playing the, the local gigs. A new venue usually gets a better, a better energy from me. Yeah. Like I'm trying harder, but but I'm also nervous about what they want to hear. So sometimes I'm really quiet. You know, it, mm-hmm. I think I'm going off on a tangent now. Go for it. Hey, I got a tangent for you. Speaking of this, I'm looking at that poster. Oh. Did, did you watch oh. it? Yeah, of course I yeah. fucking watched. I watched it. it on Periscope. So uh, for anybody that who Periscoped it that you watched? everybody. Oh really? <laughs> you just go to Periscope and you just watch there. the fight, dude. <laughs> And, it, you know, it, it's kind of fun because they're periscoping it at, like, a bar or something like uh. that. So you have all the people that are like, just hit him. Just hit him. Like, and it's uh. just like some people are rooting for Mayweather and some people are voting. So what did you think of the fight? Uh, I thought it, it was comical at times uh, just because I'm not a boxing expert and I'm mm-hmm. definitely not an MMA expert. But I've seen what happens in MMA when somebody is on a roll and the guy turns around. Mm-hmm. I felt bad for him a couple of times. He so badly just wanted to grab him oh, and kill him. throw him on the floor. Yep, if yep. this was an MMA fight, it would have been over. He would have been dead. He would have been dead. Yeah. Um, Which is a quote from Conor McGregor. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, You'd be fucking dead. Yeah. The the fight went almost exactly as I thought it was going to. I mean, I couldn't have called it 10 really? rounds. Yeah, 10 oh, rounds. No way. I couldn't have called 10 rounds. There's no doubt about that. I actually I was figuring closer to eight. Probably wow. seven to eight because I, I knew he was. I knew it was going to last a while. Connor could take a beating like this very well. Yeah. Um, and my and my thought, and it still hasn't changed at all, was they're going to fight. Connor's going to go all out like he always does. If Connor catches him, he's done. Everybody, that, that's that's yep. any fight ever. There's always yep. that chance. If Connor catches him, he's done. He's definitely strong enough to knock somebody out. However. Floyd is also good enough to defend almost anything that Connor's going to throw at him, unless Connor gets either lucky or 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 like or catches him. And the so I knew that Connor was going to go out, and I was like, he's going to just beat him up. What I didn't know was how unconditioned Connor was. Yeah, what was that? And man? I was a little sad to see because I re- I really really think that Connor could have won the match or gotten a lot further than he did if he didn't. Gas himself. He he literally, and that's talking from like I'm an out of shape slob. But like I, 
I don't understand. You could see it. You could just see it. He was gassed. Yeah. But I, I caught it from like the second round. I was like, oh shit, that fight's on. And I caught it. And uh-huh. I, oh no, third round, because I saw that McGregor on paper won the first three or something like that. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And so I'm watching. And he's doing really well. He's defending and he's, um, they're playing with each other. I, I came in whatever round it was where Mayweather pushed him after the bell rang. Okay. That's, that's, um, that might have been a fourth. So. And I knew Connor was. I knew Connor was not going to be perfect. I knew he was going to throw some kind of illegal punch with the hammering. I get that. People are like that's bullshit. That's bullshit. I'm like, look, this dude has been fighting UFC all his life. He used to fight boxing that's way back what in I'm the day. Saying. That's I'm like, second you, instinct. Yeah, it's it's just in his nature, and he had the ability to stop after he realized, oh shit, I can't do this and this. So props to you for stopping fighting like a gentleman. There was a completely. Well done fight. Much it was actually much more entertaining than the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. And yeah. I'm t- and I'm oh, by yeah. no means an expert. This is just my pure opinion on what I saw. And and even I when Mayweather fought, that was the most aggressive that people have ever seen him fight in a, yeah, the man. Last, in a long time. Like twelve years. That was the most aggressive he's ever fought. And you can see when once Connor got gassed. McGregor uh, Mayweather was like, "This is now it's my time to strike," and he had a total switch from way defensive to ridiculously aggressive. Yeah, and would I like to see it go another fifteen seconds? Yes. Would May would McGregor have gotten knocked out? Yes. It was not near that bell ring to the point where he would have been okay. He would have been down or severely injured. I'm glad they stopped it where they where he did. Me too. Nobody got hurt. Me too. Super happy with it. It was a very, very aggressive fight on both parties. I would have been pissed if Mayweather was defensive the whole time and won just purely on points. I would, And I'm okay with that if he put on a good show. And yeah. I think that both fighters fought exceptionally well. And I, and, I, and I firmly believe that. I was like, look, McGregor's coming from a total different sport. He's fighting the number one fighter in boxing who now has the best record ever. And fought with him, and hung with him for 10 rounds. Most people don't hang out with him for that, that long, or they just get by because he wins on points. I thought I thought it was an absolutely exceptional fight, and I was very confident in the fact that Mayweather was going to win, even though I desperately wanted McGregor to crush him. Yeah. But that was my thought. It's exactly what happened, and the whole experience I thought was, was amazing. I, I couldn't say a bad thing about the fight. I think both fighters put on a great great fight i'm glad that dana white was able to negotiate to get mcgregor in there um and i think that between mcgregor and may and mayweather being able to have the what is it three or four press conferences beforehand talk all that shit i thought it was a great lead up to the best one of the best fights that we've ever seen with cross competition sports yeah absolutely i mean not since uh screech first horshack have we seen anything like that what's uh, uh, that i don't know for the two people that got that joke, there um, there was celebrity boxing. Do you remember that when Tanya Harding fought like people and well, they had was that the like the, like, the cl- was that the it was old- on Fox. It was on Fox. Screech, the actor Dustin Diamond, fought the guy who played Horshack in nah. uh, Nope in Welcome Back, Cotter. Nope, before my time, my friend. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't watch ago. TV too. Like I was yeah. even in high school, I was watch some TV, but I really wasn't, like, super, super into TV. Like, people would be like, oh, you know, did you watch this? I'm like, nah, like, I watch, like, Discovery Channel. Like, I'm like, dude, animals are fucking awesome, and they're crazy <laughs> were fucking you, 
things. Re- real question: Were yeah. you were you, when you watched the Discovery Channel? Because I have friends that didn't discover the Discovery Channel until they were stoned out of their head. Were you uh, one of those dudes? No, actually, I I came across it, and uh, no, I'm okay for right now. And I just came across it because I used to. I was just flipping through the channels, and it was it was that old show, like, Top Ten Most Venomous Animals. And I'm like, this is interesting. Like, they're like, oh, uh, a Black Widow, like, number, like, three. Number uh, three. Could, one bite of it could kill you <laughs> Twice. in, like, five seconds. <laughs> I'm and I was totally like, serious. Like, this is cool, man. Like, <laughs> and Sober as a Bird, I'd come home and watch that, and I was like, this is amazing. Like, it's crazy that we know all of this shit about nature. We still don't know anything about the ocean, which is totally cool because that takes a lot of work. But we still don't even know everything about our like about the land animals. Like we're still discovering things out there, and <laughs> I always thought that ocean. was like interesting. Yeah. Now I feel like it's all like the Discovery Channel is like ninety nine percent BS because. I don't want to say ninety nine percent BS, but it's 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 there for entertainment, and I feel like it's fallen off the education. It's ratings, baby. Yeah, it's fallen off like the education <laughs> ratings, side. kid. And because of that, it makes me a little sad. But whatever, that's that's the evolution of of TV and whatnot. I'm just surprised because I I know you you enjoy your extracurricular activities, and I'm surprised that you're not, you didn't like just veg out in front of a television. No, um, man. No, I... What was your usual, like, when you started smoking weed? I'm going to ask you a weird yeah, question. Yeah, that's fine. Because <laughs> I know you, you don't... I used you... to be a stoner back in the day, and sure. that took a long time off. Yeah. So when you did back in the day, like, for me, it was just hanging out with my buddies in the woods and uh-huh. being stupid. And, and yeah. Actually, and then guitars made their way in, and that was our little thing. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, it was really awesome. It's kind of how I learned how to play guitar. If you could learn something stoned, you can you'll remember it forever. But, uh... Uh, and also it'll give you it'll what, ruin your memory. what we call what we call potholes or weed bumps. <laughs> so <laughs> you'll hear a lot so of those. What did I watch while I was stoned? No, what did you do the first couple times you got stoned with your friends? So I don't want to say who introduced me to the devil's lettuce because they are going <laughs> to be very successful, but they can't. It's Indulge. Tony Robbins. No, that'd be sick. Yeah. But no. You gotta smoke this weed. I'm actually curious to know his point of view on smoking weed, because he's like, he talks negatively about drugs, but he talks negatively mainly about alcohol. He never really mentioned most other things. I guarantee you that he has zero time to smoke anything or do anything to his body. I guarantee you he is as pure as possible. Probably. I would bet... A lot on it. But we just went to like Burger King and just vegged out and just ate a shitload of food. <laughs> like we would order like the three of us. I hate saying the word like. I feel like I'm saying it too much. Nah, nah, nah. Piss me off. Um, but we would go to Burger King and we'd be ripped. And the three of it was like the, the three amigos. And I don't want to divulge their names. But we would go there and we all had jobs. So we all had money. Like, I was always the kid in high school. I'd buy a mini keg when we went out, like the one with Heineken mini kegs. And that's what I would drink <laughs> because I didn't have, I didn't want to buy Natty Light because Natty Light sucked. And yeah. I was like, I have, I have enough money to buy good beer. Oh, Blue Point, let me buy Blue Point. Oh, this, let me buy this. I always either knew somebody with a fake ID or I knew somebody who looked like me who I could borrow their, or use their ID. So I never really had an issue with anything. And we would just go to Burger King and get a re- ridiculously unhealthy amount of Burger King. Amen. 
eat Burger King and just walk around. And like we didn't and I say walk around, like we didn't even cause trouble. We were no. just ripped walking around the town, yeah. stoned out of our minds, just like talking. Like this. Sure. Without a microphone walking down the road. I listened today to a podcast, speaking of that, just like how many conversations had you if you if you could go back in time, uh-huh. basically what we're doing now is hanging out and yeah. recording it. How amazing would it have been for some of those conversations back in the day? Some conversations you have with friends where you're sitting there at a diner or yeah. whatever you're oh, to be How amazing would it be to have that documented in some form? I wish. Podcasting I is I think the about best. that all the time. I wish. I have two goals. Or I have one goal with the one main goal with this. And there's a lot of other like small goals with this. Um but back in the day, I used to say some of the craziest shit, as we all did when we were kids. Not me, but go ahead. Yeah. And <laughs> my buddy was like, dude, imagine if we could have, like, all the knowledge on, like, a little computer we could fit in our hand. And I, <laughs> no and, way. And this was, like, in elementary school. Yeah. And I was like, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. We will have that ability one day. And he's like, no way. And I specifically remember the person who it was. Yeah. And... And he's like, no way, it would never happen. I go, there will be a day where we will have all the information on a little computer that we sit that sits in our hand. And I and I literally and I, no bullshit, was like, it'll go like this. And I stuck my palm out with my with my palm facing the ceiling and was like this. And I was how how far am I from this to that? Yeah, from moving my hand my my palm vertical to inward and my my palm facing me with my using my thumb to text. And it's so funny because I think of that and I'm like, I called this shit when I was a little kid. Yeah. And the craziest part is I remember that. And now we're here and I'm like, I said some other crazy shit. Let's see if that'll happen too. Yeah. Um, Do you remember any other ones? No, that was the, that was like that was like the main one that always stuck with me because I'm like, and I know what's going to happen. It's not going to be me that invents this little computer that can do this, but I know it's going to happen because it seems way too good that yeah. people are going to want that, and that's exactly what happened. I had a good one. I had a good one that I was spot goddamn on on, and that was uh, it was about 1997. You were probably sperm. 97? Uh, no, I was I was out of the the nutsack. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, five. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking <right>. shit. <laughs> I had my shit together. <laughs> I was already planning out the first iPhone. It was, was five. I was calling it that. in the playground, yeah. being a little fat kid, yeah. trying to talk to chicks. <laughs> Signing the pledge to dare. Oh. Um, anyway, so. I still have one of those shirts. Do you? Oh, and I laughed so hard right at now. it. So, um, all right. So, I knew just instinctually. Like, the, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't consider myself uh you know, unbelievably intelligent or anything like that. I do okay sometimes, but I thought that uh, it'd be a really good idea to not put out albums. I thought it would be a much better idea than putting out an album it would be releasing it song by song because you're going to get a lot more interest and people are going to, it's going to build up some sort of anticipation for your next thing and build up some sort of want for your product as opposed to. Do you understand what I'm saying? As, po- as opposed to just slamming it all that, out there. People do that it already. Doesn't, now you albums basically don't exist anymore. Hey, you shut your whole mouth. Yeah. I just bought <laughs> I bought one. Queens of the Stone Age, what'd you buy? No, I bought one. Uh, fuck Mariah Carey? 
No, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, two days ago, I bought um, Action Bronson's new album. I don't know what that is. What is that? He's a he's a rapper. Um, oh, good. He's actually like my idol no, in I, some ways. I, I hear you. Somebody's I'm... gonna be like, dude, Action Bronson's your fucking idol. He's a stoner man. He used to be a, he used to be a chef, mm-hmm. and he's a, he's a big dude, all tatted up. Slit was working in a kitchen one day, and he was like, I'm going to be a chef for the rest of my life. I want to open up restaurants. I want to do all this stuff, but I have to cook first, and I have to learn all, everything about cooking. Slipped and fell one day, broke his leg, fucked, couldn't do anything. And he was like, uh, what am I going to do now? All right. And he, and he tells the story in many different ways, but he's like, basically, slipped, fell, broke my leg, got super stoned, was like, I'm going to rap. <laughs> I'm going to rap. Made rapping a career, and then still goes back and cooks. So now he's on things like Munchies. He has a show called Fuck That's Delicious. Yeah. I mean, he's on Vice all the time. And, like, I'm just like, you figured it out. And what's funny is I always was like, that would be cool. Like, I would love to have my own food channel. And hopefully one day that maybe I'm not cooking, but I'm doing, like, something like Diners, Drivers, and Dives. But, like, him. Like, he's like... Oh, he gets super stoned before all these things. He goes and meets these guys, has has dinner with them, like, talk. Like, he just shoots the shit. It's not like, oh, this brisket sandwich is delicious, like Guy Fieri. No. And I'm like, ah, yes and no. Like, you never had a bad place. But it's funny because he comes in, like, he was making pizza in, like, Queens one night. And he's like, dude, I got some bud. Let's take it and put it on a grinder and put it on there. And they're doing that. And That's so much and, fun. Yeah, and the funniest part is they're critiquing it. And they're like, literally the bud made it better because it adds like this different texture to your mouth. And I was like, you're just a, like, you're, you're so stoned that you're coming up with these amazing ideas. Sure. And I try to meal prep every week when I can. And I watch his show before I go do it because he literally just puts shit together and he meets all these amazing chefs. And because he meets them and they put and they make all his food and it's all right there and they're, it's normal conversation. It's not like scripted and that bullshit. Yeah. It it's produces such amazing content. And I love it. So what are you – when you meal prep, I love, I love talking about this stuff. My wife is on such a crazy strict diet. What, like keto? Is it keto? No, she's – Paleo? No, no, no. It's uh, it's it's her. She trains like five days a week. She's she's pretty jacked. What does she do? Impressive. Like trains for a marathon and cross. Well, no, all that, all that. Okay. She just she's just in shape. She trains with the trainer three days a week, and then she goes to the gym. I think six days. Oh my goodness! Until, yeah, so she's hardcore. She's just in really really good shape. Well, she's she was um, she's never been like she's her. Genetic predisposition. Jeez, uh, that was a tough one. Four beers in. Her genetic predisposition to being a bigger girl mm-hmm. is it, it's unreal. If she, she she'll like show me. I didn't believe her. If she has like a can of soda, she'll be like two pounds heavier the next day. Like oh are, yeah, I eat salad and I get weight. I gain weight. It's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so she can tell you what you need to eat. Yeah, like because you you're probably putting something. I know you made a joke there, but you're probably putting something in your salad. Yeah, that, that is the unnecessary. Oh, it's probably the, the blue yeah. cheese dressing. Well, yeah, surprise. It's pro- yeah, oh, show me. But salad's a hell of a lot better yeah. than a fucking hero. Well, is it? Look at some of the calorie counts on uh, on a McDonald's salad or something. Well, I don't eat that? anything from fast food other than Taco Bell on the rare occasion I'll eat Taco Bell. I that's that's her thing. Too. We have a cheat meal once a week. So Ooh. that's if you notice, I probably drop like twenty pounds just by whatever. Yeah, you're looking very uh, ladylike, man. You look good. Thanks, man. My th- <laughs> oh, see, don't get me to do it. No, nope, thank you very much. I'm very proud of myself. Not really, but uh, it's all coming back because I I started drinking more. 
So not uh, a bad thing. Well, bad thing. for for certain people, Frank, so. Frank Sinatra has a great line. He goes, "I he and uh, actually the company that made that uh, has has a thing by Frank Sinatra, and it says, uh, I feel bad for people who don't drink because waking up in the morning is the happiest they'll be all day.'" Hmm. And I was like, mm. "It's not saying I need booze, yeah, but booze make a lot of things a hell of a lot more fun." Just saying. For the listener, he pointed at a picture of Conor McGregor and uh, Floyd Mayweather that he I has I framed. It. I gotta post that shit. Yeah, uh, I Bill Burr says the same thing. He's like, you know, it's he's. I think he's eleven days in as of today or yesterday. Mm-hmm. So it's twelve days. Hopefully, Bill. Good luck. Uh, sober. Well, he's not like doing. He's just. He calls him no fun. Bill. What does he call? Him? I don't know. He's a very his podcast yeah. is just. Him I'm gonna right hopefully home. in September. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to do close to a month. Because then I'm going to start after Labor Day of uh, no boozing. No it's boozing, pretty, it's eating not, pretty healthy. I hate to sound like this, but I'm all or nothing. I either have a really good time drinking or I don't drink at all. I don't enjoy. I don't enjoy. I don't understand how people have a beer at dinner, you know, or, or a beer when they get home. I can do all of it. it. Doesn't bother me. You get home and you have one beer and you go, ah, that was good. I don't mind having one beer. I've gone out for literally one beer. It's far and few between. Usually it's two or three. But right. two or three is nothing. Two, yeah, but it's for at least two or for three, me. According to what it, what an alcoholic's uh, uh, supposedly that's binge drinking. One is like a soda. One is like nothing. I just don't see a point in having one beer. I, it sure it tastes good, but like you're right on the edge, and you're like, all right, I'm done. I don't understand. Yeah, no, I've had I've definitely had one beer, and I, I've had two or three, and I'm okay. Like I don't need to get to the point where I feel it. Well, my like, I have two or three Bud Lights. And that shit's basically water. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a good way to go all day. No, I guess my, my point is just that, like, you'd be amazed how much weight you drop when you stop putting this shit in your system. It's Cheers. <laughs> Cheers to that Clink. one. <laughs> but I He just looked at me so seriously in his eyes. No, yeah, well, yeah, that was my lovey-dovey face. No, I, I, I really, really... Uh, I don't know. Just by watching her, like it's really tough for me to have a bad diet. I'm not going to sit next to her, and like, I haven't had fast food in so long. But our cheat meal is like sushi, which is most people's like normal Ooh. meal. Yeah, we, we crush eat sushi it. like once a week. Now that you should yeah. mention it. Maybe I'll get it tomorrow. We crush it. We we go hard. There's a place you go to in Stony Brook. You should go to the. That's in Center Reach. Yeah, you're you're throwing away your money. Go to Hoshi Sushi in Stony Brook on Stony is Brook all you Road. Can eat? Yes, and it's oh. so much damn more legit. Dude, I will not go back to Sushi Palace after going to Hoshi. H O S H I. In Stony Brook. It's on Stony Brook Road. Okay. Just if you remember Stony Brook, yeah. Hoshi Sushi. It's right on the corner of 347 and, uh, well, not on the corner, but it's right there. You could. Okay. And Stony Brook Road. It's it was a sushi place. I don't know why they switched to all you can eat, but their quality of their tuna and the qual and just said you'll just see the second you sit down, you're like, oh, this is this is what it's supposed to be like. Not this thing where like the dye from whatever fish they're calling tuna that day is is leaking onto my rice, <laughs> dude. I can't. That sushi palace is this is a, it's terrible. It's I slimy. never feel good after I eat it. Never. I've yeah. never left there and been like. I feel good, but every couple weeks, yeah, uh, oh, I shouldn't say it's every couple weeks. It's probably like every couple months. Yeah, I've probably just seen like, you there. We s- used to go there once a week at least. Oh my, my wife god! And I. Every every week, yeah. We'll I'm afraid it. to eat too much fish though. Well, the, a lot the, of mercury. The amount of mercury, yeah, will, yeah, and uh, that, and, I, and I'm, I'm, and it's actually pretty crazy because I do, I love steak, but for the most part, I really try to stay away from like red meat. Yeah, even like 
now more than ever, I've really been super conscious of like, do I need the meat? Like, all right, if I'm gonna have a lot, if I'm gonna have meat, let's make it smaller than I normally have, and let me eat more vegetables. She's a pescatarian. You know what that is? Uh, the fish, the fish, one. yeah, fish, yeah. yeah. So, by proximity, I am a pescatarian. Like, I will have. So last night our dinner was uh, zucchini, which, by the way, you just gotta find the right stuff. Because if you're like, I'll eat more vegetables. If you just stick a little oil in in a pan. And cook up zucchini. It is it's good. Um, it is so damn delicious. It is vegetables amazing. are so underrated. There, um, if you, just, I if, just need to. I need to eat more vegetables to feel fuller. Yeah, you you got to fill up with something or or find uh, a munchie like those. Uh, baby you gotta stay away from the well. Stay, yeah, baby carrots are good, but I always feel like I need to eat some. I need salt. Salt fills me up. So like, if I was to do the baby carrots, I would eat them and then have a couple of those, uh, like those. Uh, if you need like the potato chip feel or something mm. like that, Those... no, I, I I'm not a grazer. If I graze, it's usually actually on nuts, I like almonds grazer. and shit. Almonds are great, man. Yeah, I, I like almonds. Almonds are good. Blue Baby diamond. carrots. Baby I'll... carrots are awesome. Yeah, um, I'll crush a fucking bag of baby carrots like that like if i know i'm vegging out i'll just eat baby carrots until i feel like shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) until your fucking eyeballs are orange (laughs) Uh, um, but that's like that's really it i don't and i and i don't eat that much fruit like i try to eat bananas every couple days to keep a good level of potassium in my system but like today i had two bananas in the morning I probably won't have any bananas tomorrow. Maybe not even the next day. The next time I'll probably have bananas like Friday, Saturday. So I, I try to like load up and let my body process that potassium. Should yeah. I have it more often? I don't know. I can have my buddy Dr. Barron on. Well, Dr. she was Greg saying Barron. she she doesn't eat anything that ends in berry except for blueberries. That's the only blueberries one because they shit. have a ton of sugar. But like strawberries, ton of sugar. Like you can't. All of them do. You need or or oh, I'm sorry. You have to. I may have just completely fucked that up. You eat the things that end in berry. You can't have like cherries or grapes. There's a lot more. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the way it is. Berry. Sorry, podcast listeners. Um, but, but even blueberries. Blueberries, blueberries are should not be you. that fucking sweet. No, they're amazing. They're, don't get me wrong. I love them. They're and incredible. when they're super sweet like that, I love them. But they're incredible. They're definitely not supposed to be that sweet. All good, man. We're wrapping up right now. Are we? Yeah. Right, let's talk for a little bit. More. Yeah. So I don't want to end on that. No, it's all good. Man. No, let's talk about something good real quick. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about. Uh, I want. I want to interview you like we're doing this thing. Let's do a little mock Fuck. mock interview for you. What do you want to do? Talk to me. As so, I, uh, as I lead so if closer. I was hiring you, if I was if I was the uh, owner of the uh, of Onnit dot com, I believe that's Joe oh. Rogan's thing, right? Is yeah, uh, Joe Rogan, Aubrey Marcus. There's probably a couple other people in there, but yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Earwolf is interested in having you do one of their podcasts. I have no idea who that is, but okay. All right, they do like Comedy Bang Bang, and they do How Did This Get Made and stuff. You should probably check it out. You should probably diversify your options. I listen to a lot. I just don't yeah. have time to listen to Well, these to are the more fun ones. This, this was what set me off and set me in a bad direction for your first for our first encounter. Oh, boy. Because these guys go crazy. Probably. They they just, they're, the podcast is like a party. The whole time. you just get to hear it. You know, like mm-hmm. you just happen to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> you just happen to be a fly on the wall. I really enjoy that, too. I mean, I, I don't know what I would go for. Like... I'm going to get back to that in a second. If I was to do a podcast, you know, if I was to do a weekly thing, mm. I don't care who I'm interviewing. I would love to get somebody Just in Just anybody. Here. Well, no, but I would love to get somebody in here that's stiff and have, like, somebody else that brings out the uh, – <laughs> no, but somebody else that brings out the craziness in me. Yeah. And have these two idiots, like myself included, interviewing this poor person trying to get – 
you know, we, we kind of, uh, you kind of successfully dodged all the dumb puns and things like that. <laughs> like, but I am, I am basically like a walking dad joke. Oh, you know, like I always oh make fun God. of me for that. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> so if I was to say, if I was to say right now, like, where do you see yourself in five years in podcasting? What would your answer be? Ooh, I get this one a lot, actually. Um, so my goal for podcasting, do you want like the whole I'll, imagination? No, I want five years. I want five years. The question was, if you wouldn't mind. Uh... Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> now, for, the, the question was, in five years, wh- what is, where would you like to be in five years doing this? So five years down the road, this is actually a great ending question. Um, five years down the road, I have some pretty high hopes and dreams. Um, one, I would like to have, I yes, this is my own studio, but I'd like to have a separate facility, um, preferably a room a little bit bigger than this, and then a warehouse attached to it. I can have friends come hang out, shoot pool, whatever it is, work on their cars, motorcycles, whatever it is. A relatively large facility. They want to shoot hoops inside? Great. I have a warehouse for that. Sounds like Rob Deerdick's fair fantasy. Similar. Yeah. Definitely similar. Um, I, w- I would like to have that. I would like to be able to, without ruining the show, kind of like Joe Rogan where he does the ads in the beginning and the end, and that's where I'm I'm going with this, keep those ads going, hopefully get approached, and just make basically just make enough money to, if I make more, great. But the the goal is to be able to have my own facility like that, to be able to upgrade everything. Um, and my other thing is to be able to have somebody in here that will produce the show professionally, perfectly, every single time. Sure. Live stream to YouTube regularly and go from there. And that's that's literally like the five-year like goal. It, like, man. Yeah. Like, I'm not – I don't need – I don't want to uh, – don't get me wrong. I would love to be a millionaire. But that's not like the end goal with this. If I make enough money where I can afford to have a separate facility and a spot where we can hang out and have a little bit of extra that comes in, cool. I don't mind still working on my regular job. And I I love my job, which is why I wouldn't mind it. But I'm not looking to – if it turns into a career and I'm making all this money, which is great, I'd probably still work because I still work – if you consider this a job, sure. I have three jobs now. Like I've always had multiple jobs. I once I stop doing, and I cut it down to one. I I get I don't like it anymore because I'm like, I'm not doing enough, which sounds fucked up. I work like sixty seventy hours a week. It's the best. Yeah, your headspace is probably so much more clear and focused. Yeah, than most of the people that sit around like you said watching Netflix. Yeah, and watching television. I think it's awesome, man. I, you are you're crushing it. Thanks, man. What, say it one more time. Twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah, years. When I was twenty five, I was just stoned out of my tits, sitting sitting around, <laughs> being a bum every once in a while, which is fine. I can't in do moderation. it now. They drug test me work, so I can't do it uh, now. Yeah, but but, but I, uh, I I can't do it. But my what I was going to say to you is what would be cool is to take this idea that you have and, and add one more element to it, so that you get some revenue on top of it. Is set up a couple of these rooms and charge people to have their own little podcast in your facility. You you supply the equipment. This is what I do in my business. Mm. You supply the equipment. They just show up. They pay you. Make it really reasonable because mm. all they're basically doing is showing up and talking. You don't have to have the best stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but you it's charge them between goal. 30 and 50 bucks for a, per podcast. Mm-hmm. 30 bucks is pretty re- – who can't come up with 30 bucks, especially if they have three friends with them, yeah. 10 bucks a piece. 
You supply this stuff? I think you should rent out this place, man. Just talking. I may. It's definitely it's definitely crossed my mind. This place is amazing. Um, For I've those who been, don't know, I've can been I... approached on that idea. For those who don't know, the room that that he has set up right now has such a cool vibe to it. It's a studio. I've been in a lot of real studios before, and this is this is as legit, you know, as any. Thanks, nice, brother. Yeah, I really that. I, that I I want to come back. Put I'll a lot see. Of fucking working on this. I'll room. see you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I actually have another podcast tomorrow. Right? No, know. thanks. I'm good. <laughs> no, no, give me a, give me a month or so yeah. break. No, no, no. I I really enjoy doing this, but I don't want to bombard your your listeners. It's all good, brother. Yeah, it's all good, man. Yeah, I all do right, really man. enjoy. How it. do people uh, social media anything like that that you have? Sure, that I could you spell want it out for you because my parents. Uh, I'll give you a quick story on that. My parents um, instead of naming me Eric with a C, so I could have a ruler with my name on it. Uh, they named me Eric with a K, so it's E R I K. You're actually not even writing my phone. Yeah, I know I'm a dick. I That's okay. I I've been writing your uh, like Harry's H A R R Y apostrophe S son. I'd love to know your name sometime. It's Harrison. It's Harry's son. Oh oh! <laughs> <laughs> I told you dad jokes. You made me. You made me. <laughs> How could you end this? I'm like, I'm like Harry's. Harry's. Oh, oh right, thanks right. for having me, Harry's son. <laughs> uh, how else do people find you and and stuff of that nature? Okay, well, um, I'm actually changing your name. Uh, yeah, as we speak. Facebook is definitely the best way to get me because on Twitter I basically just uh, like things that I find funny. Uh, Facebook will give you an idea of where I play. I can tell you where I'm at this week if you want to come out. I don't know how soon you're planning on posting this. Uh, hopefully tonight, if not tomorrow morning. Cool. Uh, uh, okay, so this week, if you if it's fresh in your mind, the thirty first, I'll be at Five Points Cafe mm, in Sayville. Good spot, good spot. From six to nine. That is. I not, won't be there. That's all right. I'm busy. This week. I'm actually super crammed up this week. Nice, brother. Friday, I'll be at Mario's in East Atalket. Really nice Italian place, guys. Excellent food. Great vibe. If you just want to drink, great bartenders. I'll be at Pure North Fork in Wading River. That's a place. And I'll be at that's, the that's a place. and I'm doing a private party on uh, the third and the fourth. Nice man. Yeah. So you're all around. Yeah. No, I, 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 I. It's what I do every week. Usually Wednesday through Sunday. Do you have an Instagram or anything like that? Yeah. So my Facebook is. Uh, I'll just spell it. It's Eric McCormack Music. I'll spell it out. All one word. It's E R I K M C C O R M A C K Music M U S I K. Just kidding. M-U-S-I-C dot, uh, that's at Facebook. All right, Facebook. so Facebook.com slash Eric McCormick Music. Instagram, no? Maybe. No Instagram for me. No? All no. right, good enough. People I like find telegrams. You yeah, you could telegram. What the? Me, right? Oh, God. Bad dad joke. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. All right, brother. Thank you so much for being here and, and joining uh, joining myself. In this, yeah, yeah, in, and everyone, in, yeah, and and everybody else for yeah. entertaining us uh, for this podcast, man. Really appreciate it. It was a real pleasure. Thanks for listening to me talk about myself, and I appreciate the conversation. <laughs> Anytime, brother. Yeah, All right, cheers. till next time, guys. We'll Peace. see you soon. Take care. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning into this podcast. Appreciate you guys. Please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed the podcast. It helps me out immensely. I'd say hit the like button, but this isn't YouTube, so that doesn't really work. Um, but I appreciated my time with Eric. 
Definitely an awesome show. Love him to death. Um, the Thank you so much to Nerds That Care for sponsoring the show. Um, they're for all your IT solutions. Backup is huge nowadays, especially if you get those... <clears throat> You get a cyber attack or anything of that nature, you're protected, or your data's backed up. And all right, you were you were attacked. We wipe everything out, and you're good to go again. That's that's how it happens. It's that simple. Um, and nowadays, with data being more protected than ever, you really need to have somebody that you trust working on your system, and they're the people that can help. With that being said, also websites up. You can go to the website under extras for the giveaway for the draft top, the ultimate beer opening tool. Appreciate them for for giving one away, um, for allowing me to give one away. So thank you so much, guys. And I have another show coming up this week. The uh, That was number two and many more to come. I'm super, super, super excited. They're all stacked up. So until then, peace.